Hello and welcome to season three, episode 28 of the Dive. This is our gauntlet version of the dive. Are you guys ready for the gauntlet? Is this the last episode? You didn't introduce us. How will people know who we are? Well, I had a special little tidbit here about gauntlets because gauntlets are cool. That's it. (laughs) I did watch uh, Endgame for the first time on the flight back from Detroit. Oh, yeah. There's a gauntlet in that. Yeah, uh, it's yeah, fairly I'm, I'm important to, tie to the story. Somehow, yeah. Before <laughs> that, you. half of the teams will die in our gauntlet. Am I allowed to spoil it again? <laughs> because I had a follow-up to that, but it was a spoiler. <laughs> I think you can. It's been a while. It, has it passed? Uh, I, I think, think it's... I think we're going to need a graphic-supported spoilers tag. We're, we're out of the we're spoiler like, zone oh. for Endgame. Any producers or a few PAs in the room not know the end of <laughs> End of the, the end game. I think we're good. Mark. This also better be a good follow up, Mark, because you're making a big deal. No, I, it's not a good follow up. I was just gonna somehow tie in FlyQuest dying with Tony Stark. Oh God. Okay. Well, uh, well this is good. this is Adele and this is Mark Z. You have now been introduced. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. You're, you're welcome. Uh, we also have some other recaps around the world because we are approaching worlds. Everything is geared towards who are gonna be the representatives from every region. Um, First of all, for North America, we had our finals. This secured both Team Liquid and Cloud9. Uh, how are you guys feeling about the finals? Uh, I'm, feel, I'm feeling pretty good overall. I mean, it was a competitive series. Uh, I, I would say that the individual games were often one-sided. Besides, I think it was Game 4, uh, which felt very back yeah. and forth. Um, but both teams clearly on a high level. And, and having spoken to the players and, and some of the other players you know, outside that have been scrimming against them, um, both sides were convinced that you know like either team could win right you know and and this was i don't think you know some sort of fluke where tl was like really just bad that day and c9 happened to get close i think c9 you know is legitimately on that level and and played a good series you know they took it took it all the way to five and you know yes the last game was not very close but this could have easily been their series i think in game number four and and i'm really excited actually about the prospect of of us sending these two teams to worlds because i think that they are you know two of the best teams that we have sent in a while yeah in the press conference afterwards all the members of cloud nine were you could tell were really like they were so close to winning and they felt like they threw it away and they were very upset um with that fact as were you know a lot of the fans but all the players um as well felt like that was their series yeah i know like what uh isaiah was saying about how like the games weren't that close individually but i think that's actually a good thing for the most part because it means most likely when a team has a lead that they've been able to close it out. Yes, you can argue it either way and say like, well, we just don't know how to come back or something. But I would rather see that from a, not from an entertainment perspective, but from a like, how are we fair in going into worlds that like our teams seem pretty good about closing out games where they get leads aside for the fourth game, like you were saying. Um, that was a pretty unique game, I think, where one of the only two damage threats on the comp kind of threw away his lead in Niski to go roam around the map and then kind of built for doing that but didn't snowball enough anyways i thought that was a really unique situation where it's like ah your mid laner tried to be team first and kind of threw the game like that so it was a it was a good series overall though and it makes me feel pretty happy with both teams going into worlds all right what about the korea finals because those were pretty exciting watching skt run all the way through the gauntlet from bottom to top are you just having flashbacks you're like Baker's back. Here we go. Uh, I I mean, I thought it was super exciting watching them as it progressed, uh, Mm -hmm. each individual series. Um, uh, Are you guys uh, all all on board the SKT hype train? Because at MSI, that did not work out. Yeah, but I mean, to to be fair, 
they were they went is a game five against G two, and I think I still yeah. maintain they threw that series against G two. It's not as though you know G two didn't deserve it. Of course they did. They were the better team on that day. But SKT very clearly could have beaten G two in that series. And and let's be honest, I think if if they beat G two, then they probably win the finals and they're MSI champions, right? I don't think Liquid would have actually taken them down. Uh, so I, I think yeah, all aboard the hype train for SKT. I think that they are going to be a world championship contender. Uh, they looked you know very very strong throughout their entire playoff run. You know I, I watched it start to finish. They they were looking I think pretty dominant. And you know by the time finals came around, it just didn't feel like Griffin stood any chance. And and Griffin you know <laughs> is, is always like I, feeling like that when it comes to an important game. You just uh, they're just chokers. What, man. What's what's the last original script? TL winning over C9 again. Or SKT winning through the whole playoffs and then beating, a, or Griffin or choking, Griffin, yeah, Griffin in every situation, over Griffin no in the what. finals again. I really thought it was. I thought it was they were past it, right? I thought Griffin was nope. gonna be fine this time. They like this, or, or at least you know have some strong games, right? But the it it felt like a total collapse, and you know maybe there's something that started to build up there because of the history that they have choking in uh, finals, but. After the second game, you're just like, oh, no. They are just dropping any sort of proactive game plan that you expect from this team. And it felt like they they had fallen into a little bit of a a trap there. And I was just like, oh, my God, this is tragic. But they're still going to Worlds, so we still finally Finally. finally get to see Griffin on the world stage. Um, I think there is significantly less hype now then yeah i'm not even the, excited like for like Oracle. last year i was like oh my god i want to see tarzan up there like he's my favorite jungler uh, this is going to be crazy right um but with so many times failing in the high pressure situations now you're like okay yay we got it but this is i don't know this is the team where you're like i hope they get out of groups and like somehow north america matches up against them in in the first see, round of the playoffs i feel like griffin is still gonna smash there's some they'll smash a lot group of t- stage yeah, yeah, in yeah group yeah. stages but they they might choke out of groups. I actually wouldn't be surprised. That, you know, they're that big of chokers. Look look at look at Worlds last year. You know it happened. Korea yeah. Korea is not this invulnerable juggernaut anymore. If they get a tough group, like if they get put into a really difficult group, hey, I, I could I could see it happening. It wouldn't actually shock me. Like let's be honest. I, I think that this is this is something we were talking about earlier with their playoff system. They were they went one in six in playoffs and qualified for Worlds. Right, like across makes, the whole year, across the whole year, that yeah. makes no sense to me, and and that is that is you know uh, obviously very heavily rewarding their regular season play, and that is what the LCK playoff system does. But this is a team that has shown that they can't play in pressure situations, and you know over the last two like two years now against SKT this year they got absolutely dismantled across the two finals, um, but yet they are are in playoff like they are rather in worlds like if you put them in the gauntlet. I would assume that they would choke out of that and not make Worlds yeah. at all. But yet they are the number two seed, so they are going to Worlds. But I have very little faith in them <laughs> because they've shown so many times that they they crumble in these high-pressure situations. And yes, I know they are an incredible regular season team. And watching them in the regular season is a lot of fun. Yeah, this is, that's more, like, this is more than it's, pattern. This it's is, Immortals. It's Immortals I, if they went for two years, right? Yeah. When they had the Huni team where they, they smash regular season and then they lose in semis. They, if they were in semis, they would be losing I, in semis. Yeah. I think they're going to do well. They've got to do it before they can convince me. I no longer believe. If they get out of groups and they get matched up with SKT or something, then I'm like, all right, yep, I'm all aboard. They're definitely going to, you know, lose the SKT. And I feel like they're just, you know, they're never going to be able to overcome that. But I feel like in groups, 
I think I think that Griffin will do well. <laughs> what if what without if, even seeing any of the what groups? If they get, what without if they even, get so like G two IG? What if that's their group? So, so I was gonna say yeah, because because so IG's I, in the gauntlet. Well, I, I don't. I don't think. I think IG deserves to be in the gauntlet. I don't think IG deserves but, but to be saying, number like, one or number two seed. I agree. Year. He's just saying take Europe's best team, which is G two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, okay. what's the hardest so group? You can I think G two yeah. is significantly advantaged, but I think I give G two um, like an advantage over yeah. a lot of teams. Of course, yeah. world. But this, this is just my point. Like, I'm not saying they're gonna for sure knock it out of groups. Yeah, yeah. I have to see the groups. Yeah. But this team has just shown me that in high pressure situations, they can't do it, and until they do it. Yeah. I'm not going to believe it anymore. <laughs> I give them no benefit of the doubt. They get zero. So if, if they get put into that IG G2 group or like something along those lines, LPL number three seed, a team that you think is strong, has experience. Yeah. That's why I mentioned IG. Yeah. I mean, they're defending world yeah, champions. Yeah. Uh, I would be betting on them to fail out for sure. Uh, interesting fun fact here. SK Telecom, they have only ever either won Worlds or at least made finals when they go. Do you think they're going to Make finals again. I, I think they have a pretty good chance. Yeah, I too. think they have a really good chance. <laughs> I mean, if, if you're talking about like real world's contenders right now of like actually winning, you're looking at probably G2, Fun Plus, and SKT. And I almost I want to throw RNG in there. I, I was gonna say, like would you Uzi's, throw in? Uzi's looking good? It's the, I mean, you always know what you're gonna get with uh, RNG, but. I see. IG was also third seed last year for LPL. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I mean, but they, are, I, I they look feel, much better yeah, last exactly. year. Yeah, exactly. I'm just saying some a lot of their games, uh, the split, they have been super questionable. Yeah. But um, I think recently RNG also, and we can talk about the LPL uh, representatives sure. also. But um, I feel like they have a very they're they're similar to Liquid, where where Liquid are like, yeah, we we know our style, and like we we can analyze other teams and understand why. That what they're doing is good. They're they're not going to change to that. Mm-hmm. And RNG is like, yeah, we have Uzi. Um, we are going to give Uzi lots of money, and we are going to team fight with a Fed Uzi, and that is how we are going to win. Mm-hmm. Jahu's most played Karma Mid. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like yeah. That. I mean, he he has played individually really well. Jahu's really good. But RNG yeah. consistently, like you'll you'll be watching the games mid game. And even in like some random side lane, if one of the solo laners is there and like Uzi starts heading down Slaps there, their hand away. <laughs> yeah, they're like, <laughs> get away from the minions. <laughs> yeah. Plus, you know, like when push comes to shove and it's like a game five or something, it's like Uzi's gonna get his pick. Uzi Vane. It's, it's, yeah, it's something like that. that that's the. Team I think it's really hype though to yeah. have a team like that and have an all star like this. Whenever Uzi comes to Worlds, literally every fan around the world knows Uzi and knows what to expect and gets yeah. excited. I mean, there, there's something to be said for a team that you know what they're going to do, but you can't stop them, right? And I think that that is... They that got stopped is, last year. It's true. Yeah. But, but, you could stop them. But, 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 but just the idea of like of that sort of, of place all can, can be exciting, right? Because he is so good and has worked so long for them uh-huh. um, that everyone knows they're going to give all the money to Uzi. They're going to team fight around Uzi. This is going to be the strategy in the vast majority of metas. Yes, they have diverged from that at times. Um, but he he's so damn good at doing it that it's it's like it's something that's always exciting to watch. Yeah, and we we've already seen the big kind of world's meta shakeup patch, which was nine fourteen or fifteen, and then they're doing from this is what I right if I'm the, I'm, the intentions yeah were to have that was the big one, and they're tweaking it yeah. from there. So like we're not expected to see a large meta shift, but like. I think marksmen feel pretty powerful in the current meta, which yeah. speaks well for them. Like it's probably not going to 
get wildly more powerful or less powerful. But you have a number of strong late game options like Kaisa, Sivir, uh, Zaya. And so like, you know, people might target ban him really hard, but it's Uzi and he'll find another one. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Definitely excited to see him. Uh, Fun Plus as well. Dome B finally making his... uh, Dark technology will arrive at Worlds. (laughs) Yeah, making an appearance at Worlds. Uh, Fun Plus was incredibly good this year, so I'm very excited, you know, to actually see them playing, you know, at Worlds. I believe they lost one series, I think, you know, in the entire summer split. Their overall match score, 35-6, and so, like, they they have been blasting. Uh, Dome B was MVP in spring. Um, you know, so it is going to be really exciting to see just how good they do look. I think that, you know, if you have not been watching Fun Plus at all, if you're not like someone who regularly follows the LPL whatsoever, this team is going to surprise a lot of people because it's a lot of names that aren't the household names yeah. that aren't, you know, aren't the Uzis and, and the, you know, like those types of players of the world, the fakers of the world. Um, but these guys are legit and I think are going to be, you know, a world's contender for sure. I think they're, I mean, it feels like that's kind of the story with China a lot of the time. Yeah. Uh, just because the LPL as a region doesn't get as much coverage. And so it feels like almost once a year, there's some roster from China where it's like, you haven't heard of these guys before. It's so the first time on the stage, but they're going to crap on kids. And that happened with IG last year. I think it was a lot of, you know, international viewers' first experience with people like the Shy and mm-hmm. Ning and, and all this stuff. So like, probably going to be a similar story this time around like Doinby has a completely different champion pool than other people he's still playing rise he played his most played this split was nautilus mid like he he likes having these like weird playmaking champions that can go aggressive so the whole team the whole team plays super aggressive too which is always fun to watch and he also um like makes up his own build pass for every single champion so if if you know you want to kind of relay it to na viewers i guess if they're accustomed to people like voiboy that pride themselves on like technologies that are <laughs> super hipster and like building you know tank on damaging yeah. champions that's similar to dornby that's why i was like the dark technology is a translation of his nickname in mm-hmm. china uh, because of a lot of those you know things that he likes to go with yeah, I mean, he, he was the one who popularized, uh, we saw a little bit maybe in NA, but definitely in the and around the, the world, rise. Uh, the Rise the rise build where he was going like Righteous Glory and Rylize and he was doing this this kind of like engagey, you know, somewhat tanky Rise build where he was able to actually like A, chase people down in side lanes because he's constantly slowing you with Rylize and speeding himself up, but B, also play Rise much more aggressively in the team fights, uh, like, you know, and actually being able to flash into the middle team with, you know, with Aftershock or with all these things that make him actually tankier and this kind of pseudo tanky build to actually really get in the mix of things. And and often he would be able to pull off like these highlight-esque plays where he's, he's getting in the middle, he's killing someone, he's barely surviving, and he, you know, like, uh, it's, it's really, really exciting to see someone who is kind of you know, revolutionizing a little bit, right? <laughs> like he's a ridiculously big champion pool. Um, you know, he has so many different picks that he can bring out. You know, you guys talked about the Nautilus stuff, but like Riven and Poppy he played, you know, he's played Rumble mid, he's played, you know, uh, Pantheon mid is is one of the picks that had been big for him. I don't know if we're going to see that with the updated Pantheon, but this guy really does play everything. Uh, so it's, it's going to be really, really fun to watch. If we want to go on a tangent on updated Pantheon, I think he's extremely good for solo lanes. I'm actually so sad that his uh, jungle is significantly worse than solo lane because mm-hmm. I want to spam him. Um, but I think there are a lot of really cool plays with the new Pantheon, especially revolving around... Anytime you have something that has some mechanic that like blocks all damage, you know, wh- you know it's, it is directional and you're going to have to come up with you know good plays to do that. I just feel like that, especially in pro play, you can come out with some really cool combination plays uh, with people, so... Uh, I think that the new Pantheon will make an appearance at Worlds. 
We'll see. <laughs> I know. My, have you at least uh, practice tooled it? I've practice tooled you're it. You're a practice tool player, and I, I yeah, I'm one of those people who's like, all right, I learned the combos. And I'll just <laughs> that. And I also like watching uh, other people who are better than me play it. Uh-huh. Um, I I saw a lot of it when it was initially released, but uh-huh. I wasn't like blown away with with it, which might just be because people are new at it and just didn't, weren't like comfortable in eight, because it's a lot more skill shots yeah. than old Pantheon. So like maybe people just weren't trying to say something so, about old Pantheon players, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So the, the skill shots uh, for my limited uh, games, because I only play it when I get off field top, um, it, it doesn't feel that hard to land. It's pretty quick. Uh, and they also added execute to just like the super quick uh, oh, the, the jab insta-cast of his Q. Mm-hmm. So I actually made that a lot easier, especially for melee matchups. The one, the main tip I would have is like people trying to figure out how to use their passive empowered attack. I'd say I almost always use it on the W because you get the three quick strikes and you can mm-hmm. just charge it back up again. So that to me always felt like the most value. Um other than that, the smart uses of your ultimate is the big difference between <laughs> the the interpantheons that you see. I've not and, seen a lot of smart usage of the ultimate the in my one. game. Really? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I, maybe I had uh, just like faced some very experienced ones, but yeah. I've always had pretty good experiences with it. I thought I thought he was really good. Oh, yeah. I always try and go to that lane to snowball early because his um, like. Base stats and flat values of damage are really good. Were, was it mid or top? It was top. Both, uh, both of the main Lane gank through bot or something after he got snowballed enough at six. Yeah. It also feels good as jungler because if you gank for a, cha- a champion that has a semi-global ultimate, you can then you kind of like send them off and you're like, I raised you into a real champion. <laughs> now go and gank for me. <laughs> That's why I like the old... Like the Pantheon is my Pokemon. That's now. why I like the old jungle Pantheon because you would just... When he was strong, he was the... Biggest cheeser in the world with just like the level two gang. Flash W. Yeah. Flash W. And then just once you hit six, you just perma alt bot lane. <laughs> like yeah. as soon as like oh, I love when people pick bad mashups on my team on bot lane and they're like, oh no, we're getting slammed. Then six comes around and yeah. team's too dumb to stop pushing forward. You just I, behind them. I would I would I hope that they find some way to buff only the jungle part because I think the solo lane part of New Pantheon is already really strong. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they did something that like somehow increases jungle clear speed without buffing lane phase Pantheon or something, I'd be super happy. I mean, they could just <laughs> buff monster damage. Yeah. Right? yeah. If, if, if I, they took away the, um, they had like a, a barrier on it before. They had a, re- a reduction in mm-hmm. uh, monster damage and they took that away, but it's still not. Maybe a little bit of attack speed then. I feel like, yeah. you know, a little bit of flat attack speed makes such a big difference in the jungle yeah. compared to solo lanes generally. Not that it's not strong also yeah. in solo Arm, lanes. Armor but... as well is like insane in in the jungle yeah yeah for sure but pantheon pantheon definitely gonna be uh, interested to see that we also never saw mord uh, in an a i mean partially it was disabled for a while here yeah um but then even when it was it was actually enabled in detroit no one picked it yeah. it is getting played a- around the world so that's another pick that you know i am pretty excited to see uh actually coming out and also if any of our teams start to pick it up because it, it, it is getting played it is actually having quite a bit of success so you know, I think that is something that is like an obvious adaptation that our team should at least be ready to play against if they're not willing to pick. It's one of the things where like I am all for railing against teams when they don't play something that's like seen across the world. Like it took us a while to pick up Renekton and arguably we never really picked up Nico when other people were playing it. But this is one where it's like, well, it was disabled forever. And then like the first time you can play it is on stage in a venue. Mm-hmm. Like I can totally understand not 
going for that route. So not that was one where I'm like, we'll 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 learn it for worlds if it's still strong. As long as they learn for worlds. Yeah, as long as they learn for worlds for now. But if they're like, well, I didn't know what it did. I I was thinking about it a lot too because um I really uh hope that we see new new Mordekaiser. Um, but I wanted a way for us to like relay on broadcast how cool the ultimate is mm-hmm. and i was thinking of um trying to talk to uh, our engineers and our broadcast team on can we find a way to like picture in picture the death realm Ooh, when he cool. ults somebody because spectating like i've, I've watched uh you know uh mordekaiser games with my friends and stuff and you're spectating it and it's not the same right you, you see the little, little dots exactly yeah. or you have one on your team and you're just like okay the dots are over there but for broadcast i think it would be so cool to have like Oh, this is our our pop up of the death room. What's going on? But still, you still need to see the main team fight too. It's like uh, Lord of the Rings when you put the ring on, everything's like. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's actually yeah. so cool though. Yeah, yeah, you need um, to be able to see that. <laughs> yeah, that would that would be pretty hype. Uh, Camille is one though, if because you already you went us down this uh, road of what does NA need to pick up because you know Worlds is so much about adapting and yeah. and picking things up quick. I've just been. I have wanted to see Camille for so long. I feel like every series I've started out talking about how yep. why don't we why don't we play it? And then they they yep. still they still haven't they still haven't played it. So in every next series I'm like, all right, this is gonna be the one. I mean, we even saw it. Ruin slammed with it, and you're like, all right, now for sure yeah. everyone's gonna be playing it. Everyone There's likes Adrop, no- so everyone needs to learn Camille. <laughs> No. Okay, was the only one. <laughs> I'll I'll be sure to I mention agree. it again at the next uh, series that we have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got we just have to let the teams know. We got to tell them they're trolling. <laughs> Get on that Camille. Do your homework. Um, but you know that that it's going to be really exciting. Looking forward towards Worlds, but we still do have one more team that we have to select and send off out into to world, and we're going to be doing that this coming weekend. Uh, well, I guess Friday, Saturday, Sunday uh, with the Gauntlet. So we can talk a little bit about that. Uh, obviously, our team's in it. We have FlyQuest versus Clutch, which is you know the starting matchup. Then the next boss will be CLG. The final boss will be TSM. Yeah, I'm pretty excited for the Gauntlet, honestly, because we haven't seen anything from FlyQuest or TSM in so long that it's really difficult even to try and make your arguments unless mm. you're getting inside info and you're trying to talk, oh yeah, hey, have you guys scrimmed TSM? How are they looking now? Did they clean that shit up? Or <laughs> is it still... I definitely didn't ask people. <laughs> um, meanwhile, I actually got was getting really excited in, uh, about Clutch, especially, because they, mm. they seemed like they had a lot of passion. Like, all the players were getting super hyped. You could tell after losing the series, they were devastated because they really think that they have risen to the to that level of CLG or even above it they feel like. Yeah. Um and so yeah, they they were super crushed, but there's something there that causes them to believe that you know they they've been performing that well and I have to say like their previous series to that uh, leading up to it, you know, it was TSM, uh and even after that, I felt like they had come such a long way from the regular season that Clutch is a legitimate threat. CLG obviously after winning um, they're definitely a legitimate threat. And then our big question marks of the teams we haven't seen in so long of uh, FlyQuest and TSM. What? Any, got any info from your little birds, Mark? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm embarrassed mean, I, now. I don't, no, I feel like it's not that bad to say. I, I've heard that they're doing okay in scrims. Uh-huh. Um, 
and from what I heard, TSM scrim info is always uh, very accurate. By the way, yeah, of course, extremely reliable, especially at Worlds. <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't, I didn't get this from TSM. I heard, I heard they were doing okay, and they they have strong players, so scrims are going fine. Uh, which is kind of the case because scrims are much more lane focused than than uh, yeah. real games tend to be. So if you you win in 15 minutes in laning phase, teams don't fight and claw to stay in the game the way they do otherwise. So from what I've heard, their scrims have been going okay, which sounds like it's mostly off the back of the fact that they have strong players. Who knows if they've really improved as a team, which is where their deficiencies always kind of have been this split. Mm. Um, but either way, that does make the gauntlet super exciting because it usually feels like the gauntlet has one team that's like, this is who's going to make it out. And even if it doesn't happen, like heading in, it's hard to, to be ex as excited about it uh, as as I think we can be this Yeah, split. I think this one's super up in the air. Yeah, I, I, three teams could, yeah, could three realistically teams. go. Yeah, everyone, every, <laughs> All lying. four yeah. teams, <laughs> no. but we haven't seen anything from FlyQuest they, either, Azale. I mean, so maybe they're going to shock us. Uh, that would be exciting. We haven't seen them for quite a long time. But, I mean, they were rough this split. Uh, and it didn't feel like they, you know, made much of a progression throughout the summer split. Unfortunately for them, they weren't able to fix any of their issues. So I am not convinced that these couple of extra weeks will actually, you know, ha have caught them back up with some of these other teams. Um, I felt like definitely coming coming into this, uh, the favorites are going to be CLG and Clutch, just based off of what we saw in playoffs. But again, you know, TSM now has had a speaker for a while and and has the opportunity to try to improve with him as a player because, yeah, they, they had been having these struggles for a long time, but he really only became their full-time guy in like the last week, right? You know, last week of the regular season. So they've had a couple more weeks with him. And, and the big question there is just like, is that actually going to improve them as a squad? Are they actually gelling better and, and, and working better as a unit? Yeah. I, for what it's worth, I ha heard a little bit also. And who I talked to said that Bjergsen was playing really well. I know that that's what TSM fans always want to hear, right? That's mm -hmm. the, the main, uh, you know, goal, right? They're like, at least can Bjergsen hard carry some stuff? It, uh, it's funny because it's kind of gone like so far that like if Bjergsen does well, but the team is doing bad, everyone's like, God damn it, Bjergsen. Bjergsen's holding everyone else back by being so good and the only one performing because he, he must take all the resources and demand. Yeah, but I mean, this this season, it was also a legitimate concern because there were a lot of games where we were like, oh man, this AD Twisted Fate they keep going back yeah. to. Uh, the first one was really good, but then they didn't get a lot done mm -hmm. with it. So to, to me, that was actually yeah. some info. Uh, when, when I heard that, I was like, okay, cool. Um, like if he's hard carrying some scrims at least. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and people are, are giving a lot of credit to to Bjergsen for like at least internally, you know, from TSM, yeah, for for their spring performance, right? You know that that has kind of been the story that I have now heard a lot, like from a number of different people, is that they didn't feel that they necessarily underperformed in summer as much as they overperformed in spring because they felt like Bjergsen essentially like hard carried them through playoffs and mm -hmm. and you know got them got them to the finals and got them to game five. I mean, even in that the hype piece for this finals, Sven was talking about how he felt like. He they got robbed from their finals in spring because Bjergsen just did some stuff that shouldn't have happened in yeah. the game. So, like, even even C9 was saying that kind of publicly with some of their players. Like, they shouldn't have been in the finals. Bjergsen just did some insane stuff. Yeah, and and I think I that's, mean, how many that's times the hope. Do you get, how many times do you get robbed and how many times do you throw and, like, shouldn't... Hey, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not defending C9. I'm just saying... What, yeah. Who knows? Maybe it was just a sound bite. Winners win, Kobe. Maybe it was just a sound, sound bite. <laughs> that's yeah. profound. Thank you. You know yeah. who's not going to win? 
Who? FlyQuest. I agree. Oh my god. I need like we need <laughs> Let's get into the first matchup here then. Actually get into it. I, I'd honestly rather just talk more about the other <laughs> the teams. <second. laughs> yeah. oh I need like god. a bathrobe and like the bald cap to be Varus and just be like So the, my my little birds have told me that they are not playing any better. <laughs> I I <laughs> I would say so you that, need to put on a couple pounds too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking like a little bit skinny for Varus. <laughs> I tuck my chin back. It's looking good. There's a good <laughs> cosplay right yeah. there. That's we need to come up with a bet now to where the reward is. Mark as a various cosplay. <laughs> if I'm right, because Mark, if I mean, I got, what's the what's what happens? I become the master of whispers of the LCS. I mean, it depends on who the bet is again. I employ all the yeah. PAs to just like listen in and tell yeah. me, tell me yeah. things. Joel's is like on the roof. Like yeah. as I was saying, though, actual analysis on this matchup. I think that they would have a lot better chance, and I would be more excited if there had been a switch of patches for the gauntlet because then FlyQuest could have been using all this time yeah. with new stuff oh, whereas yeah. the other teams would be playing on 915 because they would have to go through all the playoffs but uh, uh, for some reason uh, we decided not to advantage FlyQuest in the gauntlet and we decided to keep it on 915 uh, I think that was a good choice to fair. advantage the teams that actually progressed and you know were playing in mm -hmm. playoffs and stuff um, but we're going to stay on 915 also by not moving uh, up to 916 or 17, then we don't have the more carry-oriented top lane buffs, yeah. which would have helped them the most, considering Viper, you know, with the Jax buffs, the Fiora yeah. buffs, all those types of champions. Um, you know, if we had some of those changes, then I think that you guys might be more willing to give them some sort of so, to me, uh, to discussion, me. but I guess without that... To uh, me, it's, it's, it's not even patch. It's like they... I think they did so well in spring, largely like yes, they they played well as a, as a squad, but Santorum was so incredible, mm -hmm. and Santorum was playing you know very aggressively, was getting a lot of early game leads to the team. There was a lot of action around him, and he was putting you know these experienced players, you know like like Pobelter and Wild Turtle in a position to carry. You know Viper was playing very well individually, but also was such a good duo with Santorum. And then to me in summer, it felt like it wasn't that Santorum was horrible or anything like that. He just wasn't, uh, you know, as as exceptional as he was in spring, and and he wasn't like really playing aggressively anymore. Even when he would go to a pick like an Elise or a Rex, I'm like, all right, this is the one. This is the one where he's going to get in there. He, he's farming, and he's zero zero zero, and just power farming on these early game champions. And and I'm not sure, you know, if this was like a coaching thing or or like a mindset thing, or I have no idea, right? Like I don't know why that was, but to me, he was conspicuously absent in summer split. Uh, in the early game, and I think that was a large part of their downfall. Uh, I still think, you know, he's one of their better players. That being said, again, I'm not trying to be like, well, Santorin was shit, and that's why they're bad. Um, it's more just he was great in spring. He wasn't even close to that level in summer, and as a result, the team uh, doesn't seem nearly as competitive, right? And, and they're here because of their spring performance. I mean, it's like there's a difference between flawless play and good play. Like, you can play flawlessly as you perfectly time your jungle camps and you are the most efficient farmer or whatever, but you're not making good plays. You know, like, you're not diving the enemy team. You're not setting ganks up. You're, you're not, not biggest, you're big not, mistakes. Yeah, you're not making big mistakes, but you're not also not influencing the game in a positive way either, really. You're not trading flash for flash with yeah. your mid laner to get them an advantage. You know, like, he, he had games where he didn't gank, you know, in the first 15 minutes, which is just crazy. Um, so I, I'm definitely in the camp where like I, I have a hard time being like, well, he did this, this, and this clearly wrong. You'd have to go back and comb through all the opportunities he should have taken. Um, but unless he's starting to do that in scrims and, and he's going to jumpstart them in, in the gauntlet, I don't see 
this team just the other four members stepping up enough to take down a clutch who yeah they lost two best of fives in a row but they were really competitive in both them against good teams if we were uh, pre-show or in the wardrobe or something I would probably jump in on, on this flawless I know, I know, <laughs> the more meta argument. But since we're on the show, I'm not going. That's, that's what we do all the time before every show. The, the way we rile each other up, uh, have one of our Kobe Bark arguments. I mean, squirrely must. I know. I, I, I feel like you used bad terms, but I know what he meant, and I yeah. think you know what he meant too, right? Like it's it's the idea of playing of you can have a mistake yeah, yeah. free game. Yeah. But the the play style, but you weren't like you, you don't have to explain yeah. it again. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> but you also know that I will take that argument. Yes, I know you. And will. you know what passes. As soon as this show's down. over, that everyone. argument will last three hours until the show starts. <laughs> Let yeah. me then theoretically advance us to a world where our next match is Clutch Gaming versus Sealed. Okay, I, I like this world. Um, <laughs> this this is a match that I'm I'm very excited to see. Uh, I think that these two teams are extremely evenly matched. You know, given what we saw uh, in playoffs. You know. Both from from their like individual matches, but also them playing each other. I just think that so much of this actually comes down to the draft. Yeah, I think that Clutch completely failed in in the draft. Completely failed. Like the fact that we have we're seeing Huni, you know, multiple games in a row playing playing Karma. It was not doing anything for them. Game five was the most egregious to me, and that is the one that that I would like to talk about a little bit because this is where you know they're on red side. They have fifth pick for their top laner. They see the entire composition for their opponents. So far, their damage dealers are Aurelia and Ezreal. You know it's Poppy Skarner. Aurelia is never going to be crushing in a team fight against that. It is way too hard with the Poppy W rooting you, plus knocking you up, and then you're going to get ulted, right? So you need some sort of frontline damage, and then they pick Karma. And as soon as they pick Karma, like, well, you lost. There's no possible way you're ever going to challenge the frontline. Even if you can get a slight advantage in the laning phase, Karma does not dominate Poppy in lane, and Karma does not ever threaten frontliners. So you're essentially left with a one-threat composition, which is what they drafted themselves into. I was just so disappointed that they didn't go for a Casio or a GP or something that could scale better and actually threaten threaten the frontline and win more than just the early game phase. Like, I feel like teams are... are are getting too tunneled on individual matchups and and losing track of the overall team compositions, right? It's like, is Karma versus Poppy a good lane matchup? Yeah, sure, great. You're going to have pressure and everything. Sweet. And when you have your six-item Sivir that you're buffing up, great, that works. But they didn't have that. All the hypercarries were banned out, and you're playing Ezreal, who's going this AP hybrid build against the Poppy who has... MR because he was leaning against Karma. This is never going to work, right? Like, and that is where I think they fell flat. So that is where I think they have to be able to make adjustments and learn new picks. I would say two things. One, I have never heard a stadium boo that loud at that a was, champion select yeah. in my life. And I've been doing this for like, what, seven years now? Long time. Uh, <laughs> that is the loudest. The entire stadium booed that champ select. At the Karma lock-in. Uh, second one is just a self-plug. Uh, very happy with myself for predicting the Poppy earlier in the series. <laughs> However, I do <laughs> <Great>. think... <laughs> you like that twist at the end? <laughs> yeah. I, like, oh, I can't wait to hear the second point. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I think I'm really smart. <laughs> and also after the series finished, my mom texted me and she said, you did great. And you look really very, smart. I look very cute in my suit. Yeah. Another small twist at the end. My parents <laughs> never watch any of them. Uh, in seven years, I've never watched any. Angle? No. My parents watch most weekends. Yeah. Never, never online. I finally did last year get them to come live to an event. 
uh, and my dad actually really enjoyed it. But my parents, <laughs> my, my parents have never watched online, and they've definitely never talked to you, me about any. I mean, my we, parents we don't watch the games, but they'll they'll tune in and they'll be like, "You look nice on the desk, honey," and yeah. then that's it. Yeah, I've had like relatives, like aunts and and stuff yeah. like that. Do stuff. Uh, I don't want to dive too deep into this, but uh, are your parents? Happy with your career choice, or is this like a? <laughs> no, they wanted Kobe to be an engineer. <laughs> yeah, he was an engineer. Yeah, yeah. and then they gave. My it all dad up. is actually super pissed that I quit <laughs> because I, I. I think he still might be Kobe. <laughs> he doesn't watch you. Oh, what the hell? <laughs> Did you just say he doesn't want him? No, he doesn't watch him. Oh. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, that is, no, that no, is no. twisted. Oh, this is getting really hot here. Can we turn off the, the lights down or something? Uh, Kobe, I'm sure your parents love you very much. Yeah, Let's yeah, move yeah. on. Uh, anyways, <laughs> I think, so here's where I was going to ask you the, the question about the draft follow-up. Um, let's say for the most part, even drafts, you know, like neither team's getting advantages, significant one, mm-hmm. mostly 50-50 drafts. Who, who do you actually favor? Uh, I think in that situation, I probably favor uh, CLG because I think that CLG is like a more stable team. I do think that Clutch, a lot of their strength came from these unique picks and and being able to get advantages in ways that other teams necessarily weren't. I think Kiana was so big for them. I think Rumble was so big for them. I think that they need additional picks of this sort of variety. You need to be able to play both your unique picks, but also the standard meta power picks, right? Because if if you're getting target banned on these, on these unique picks, then you have to have other strong strategies to fall back upon. I think CLG wants to play a more slow standard game, and, and that's going to be great for them. Uh, I think CLG also has a lot of learning to take away as far as draft. I think... PoE should only ever play like scaling team fight, you know that type, that type of thing. We've Which seen is what the, we thought going into the match. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but I mean, clearly they didn't, yeah. right? Like uh, we've seen the D, uh, Diana now. We've seen the Kiana now. We've seen uh, you know a number of these different looks as, as you know him playing the assassin or him having counterpack into the assassin. You know, Diana. Uh, I was talking to Afrim about this. He was saying that he thinks that, you know it's it's supposed to be basically this hard counter to Kiana because you can actually alt out of Kiana's alt. Right. Yeah. So she alts mm-hmm. you into the wall, and you can mid air alt out of that and never get hit by it. So it's supposed to be a hard counter one v one. That didn't pan out at all. Um, I just think he's so much better and so much more comfortable on control mages that he should always stick to that. And if we have PoE only playing that and CLG not coming up with, or sorry, not CLG, CG, uh, coming up with, you know, kind of these more unique picks where they can really kind of like make the game go uh, kind of in their favor or in their game plan, I think that they're going to lose CLG. I, I thought that Clutch were are so close to having just enough extra of these picks because mm-hmm. yeah um i don't think it's yeah it, it is close it's not like super specific pick reliant i think they had gotten really good at executing team fights um as long as they do have some of these champions mm-hmm. that have really good aoe or really good like terrain creation some ways to control the setups for these team fights i thought that so many of their plays, even Herald's way back against miasma. when they started against uh, TSM, had been really good. Yeah. And you're mentioning already, Huni, they tunnel visioned on the on the Karma thing, but Huni already has those, uh, well, I guess they knocked it down to two for some reason because they didn't want to pick Cassiopeia. Um, but Huni already has those th- uh, three. And then um, I think DeMonte doesn't, while Kiana is a super impactful pick right now because I think she's mm-hmm. a very strong overall champion and brings the things that they want for the team fights. Um, I think that they, as long as they kind of cut the tunnel vision on the Karma top side uh, and come up with maybe one or two more things, I think they're just at the line. 
Well, I think that's what Karma was supposed to be. Like, mm, I think yeah. that was supposed to be the third down on the list of like, okay, Rumble, GP, Karma is, is your Yeah, one of these things is just not like the others. Yeah, I, hey, I'm with you. I'm not saying it was it was correct, but I think if I was going to put myself in retroactive, what I think they were trying to do was like, Karma's been winning a lot in scrims. Probably it's been going well for us. It'll become our third champ. And then when we win a game or two on it, they'll feel like, oh, this is another thing we have to ban. And maybe it starts freeing up some room for other things in the draft. It just failed every time, never became a priority pick in CLG's eyes, and they could just give it over to Clutch. Mm-hmm. And and I, I like the idea of like shrinking your champ pool sometimes and be like, Cooney, yes, you can play anything but let's just pick one of the mages. Let's just pick Karma or Cassio. And maybe they just cut Cassio from from their pool, um, which is too restrictive because, yes, Cassio would have been a great pick with all the matchups and team compositions based on on the previous game. But, like, I don't hate that idea of of trying to make your your draft plan more straightforward, but Karma clearly wasn't the pick and and probably shouldn't be in the rematch, assuming it happens. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's very clear what happened. And from from talking to some people, you know, one of the things that I have heard a lot about Huni is that when Huni is playing a new pick, it's, like, almost all he's playing in scrims is that, you know, uh, apparently he was playing Karma and he was, like, only playing Karma in scrims. And it was, like, he was, like, like he's going to be the Karma master. He's going to get tons of experience. So when that didn't work out, that is what he felt most prepared on still. And I think also, like, like I, you know, kind of alluded to earlier, it works when you have it as part of, a like, a a hard carry composition where you have, like, you know, the hard Mm -hmm. carry that you're protecting, the Sivir or the Kai'Sa or whatever. And that's the stuff that Cody-san normally does play, but he got targeted in in the last ban phase, you know, in in game five, they banned, they took away the Zaya, and then they banned out the Kaisa and the Sivir. So you know, I think that was a really smart adaptation yep. from CLG, right? If it, like you can attack the other part of that composition because it needs someone to buff up. It's not it's not the Aurelia who's playing against Scarner or Poppy, and it's not the Ezreal. So. Um, I, I do think they need... <laughs> There's a funny anecdote about the whole, like, Hooney spamming something. In that Immortal series where he played Lucian top, mm-hmm. I think it was he played 17 straight games or 17 games totaled that week of Lucian mm-hmm. top. And then, like, when it didn't work, same thing. It's just like, well, I'll just pick it again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, that's that's kind of how he seems to prepare for playoff series. It's like, these are the champions I'm going to play. I'm going to become a god at them. And then you kind of lack that flexibility where it's like, well, they banned all the hyper carries. I, coaching Pinkton. staff needs to step in yeah. and take a heavier hand than you know with the preparation there. Yeah, I th- I think that's fair, or, but uh, there are other options that we know Huni can prepare for coming into yeah. this series. So like the uh, and he can play Cassio. I, I don't believe that he can't play Cassio. This is yeah. like the most confident player you will ever talk to. He literally <laughs> says he can play anything always. Like I don't believe that the coach was like. What about Cassio? And he's like, I can't do a coach. Yeah, not, not like not that. It's more like, you know, it's like they're like, we're not, we're going to, Karma's our mage. But yeah. like, even the GP, like they could change their priorities even. Like the letting Cody pick later in the draft and getting banned out. Like if you just mm-hmm. take his thing earlier and say like, 6 is not going to punish us yeah. that hard. Let's do that. Or picking the GP earlier. I mean, GP was unbanned and it's into a tank matchup. Yeah. So like you, you can, I think, change their priorities enough around. Because yeah. like the thing that everyone says is like, this playoffs, they've only won with a Kiana in the, a comp, the Rumble, or a GP. And if they ban out all three of those, as long as you take your AD carry in the first phase, they can't ban out all, like take one and ban out the other two hyper carry AD carries. So, like, they should be able to get good drafts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as long as they have one extra further contingency plan, if they do ban out all these things, then, then I think Clutch can kind of turn the corner and, and yeah. be very I'm, dangerous in draft. I'm super excited for Clutch, uh, and I think they're close, but I still give advantage to CLG. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I think CLG in 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 a more standard series, you know, is, is going to be great. And I also think that CLG, like like I talked, like we talked about earlier, they have the adaptations and things that they can make too, right? Mm-hmm. Like just uh, change the picks for Poe, keep them comfortable. I even think that the Akali band that they were using every like almost every game, if uh-huh. not every game, wasn't really necessary. Like I don't think we've seen them. Uh, you know, Clutch have as much effectiveness on a collie when you compare to some of these other picks. So I think there's adaptation improvements that they can make as well. Um, That's a dangerous one to mess with for me. I feel like a collie is insane right now, and I and I do think Monty plays is a good it as player. well. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know that I. I'm your more general nervous point, about Fiona I'm, and I'm down though. with. I think the collie is a dangerous one to mess with. Uh, Especially on nine fifteen. Yeah, I think you kind of go with the same game plan that won you the series early on with that in your back pocket of like maybe we don't need the Akali. And if they start crushing you with Let's see what happens. Wild card. <laughs> <laughs> maybe save that for later in the series <laughs> when your back's against the wall. Uh, and just do what you did before. Because I think that's that's what happened in the the first the first time they played was they were like, Oh, we have this great adaptation we can try of playing these counters and taking away the Kiana and all this stuff, which mm. moves you away from your own game plan. Like, try your own game plan first, and if that doesn't work, okay, then try something else. So okay. are you you guys would rather see them let through a Kiana or a Rumble than the Kali? Because for me, I just think those picks are so strong for Well, they'll be, they'll be blue side, right, for first game? Yeah. So you can potentially take it high. away yourself, um, you know, if you're going to do Kiana Rumble GP. No, I dropped GP. You dropped GP? Yeah, okay. I, I'd definitely let through GP over a call. Yeah, I mean, they were also, also banning Yumi a lot. You know, like Red Side, for example. Yeah. People still feel like so. It, it, it's interesting <clears> because <throat> it's like it's the whole like weight of like meta pick or like clutch picks. For, right? for and, me, and, like, the clutch does. picks outweigh everything. That's how uh, I feel. And Akali is my last one. Akali is mine over Yumi. I know that, especially a lot of bottom laners. If you were clutch, would you leave Akali up Red Side because they were banning it? On red side, if I was clutch, I would leave. I would leave it up. I think. I mean, Ruin yeah. might play it, but I, I don't think Ruin has been dominant on it. And I would want Poe to play it. Right. I think Ruin 100 percent will will play. Yeah, it. I think they'll first pick but, it, but maybe maybe you. Just, I think that's fine. Yeah, I think that there's there's picks that you know Huni should be comfortable like Karma, right? You know, Karma's great. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, eyes. <laughs> I start tweeting. All right. Once again, then we will advance into a theoretical future. Uh, and the dice have rolled in CLG's favor. And we could just talk about CLG. And I think we might have talked about this in the previous dive. I don't remember if this was on air or not. Did we talk about who? Well, I guess we'll ask, do this at the end of the gauntlet about who you want to to advance. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. We talked about that last episode. Of the dive. That's true. Okay. Uh, who you want or who you predict? Who you, who I, you want. I think, I, think, I think it was the idea of... Okay. Oh, who, who you want your representative. Yeah, who you want the third seat to be. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, TSM then. Coming up as the boss of the gauntlet. We haven't seen them in super long. We have heard... Some small whisperings mm-hmm. that scrims are going okay, and I've heard that Bjergsen <laughs> carried some. So I, I also heard it's confidence from the TSM camp, but you know, it, it's like it's it's hard because, to know. By the way, Speaker for sure is their only jungler. Yeah. So this is gonna be the team, and they've been using all of this time that we haven't seen them. Uh, you know, with that lineup, I think that yeah. at least will make some people. Feel a bit better because that was one of the biggest things. So much shifting going around all and, season. And to be fair, and I, I don't want to be make this sound too critical of CLG, but they're not like a crazy great team. Like I don't think you need to revolutionize your game plan as TSM to be able to have a chance of beating CLG. I think you, you match up well into their their players for the most part. Get some good drafts, and like CLG wins through being a really like we we're saying stable team. They have good mm-hmm. objective control. They team fight really well. 
uh, they control lanes pretty or waves pretty well. And so like that's how they win. That's not like, oh, they took fights all over the place and forced Rift Herald all the time at 10 minutes and forced you to fight them and yada, 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 the way Clutch does it. So like I think for a team like TSM who might be not quite as coordinated as a team, maybe if you just have strong lanes and, and can push CLG down the first 15 minutes, maybe you actually do have a decent chance. Yeah. I mean, I, I think TSM certainly have a chance. Uh, like, it, you know, when you look back at, at their, their playoff series versus Clutch, you know, it was, it was them losing 3-1. But also, you know, everyone came away from that series being like, why didn't you ban Kiana? Why didn't you ban Rumble? Right. Why didn't you ban these? And I think, you know, people certainly, you would expect, have kind of learned that and, and learned what more to target, uh, you know, for Clutch. So TSM can certainly make, you know, some of the adaptations and have the benefit of having watched now, you know, both the Liquid series as well as uh, the series against CLG, you know, for, for Clutch or for CLG, right? So, like, they have, they have a lot more footage kind of uh, practice from here. Um, and, and I do think that it's attainable for them to win, certainly, right? You know, this is a team that like, has still very strong individual players. Their problem has always been their teamwork, though. And that is why, like, I'm, I'm not really betting on them. I, I just feel like Kadian and Grig are both good junglers. When it didn't work with them, like, why should it work with Suica? Like, I, I, I am not convinced, and I have not heard from any player or coach or anyone that I've talked to that they think Suica is, like, way better than a Kadian or Grig or anything, like... You know, people have kind of said that they think he's like can fill a similar role or worse if from from what I've heard. Um, and and I think that it's it's like I think there's there's clearly a problem with how they're working as a team. And I just don't see how this guy solves that when it hasn't before. Right. Like when they have been having the same problems, it has been a recurring issue with a lot of different junglers this year. They couldn't solve it with either one. I just don't see how they solve that. That's why I think they're not favored. But of course, it's possible when you have Broken Blade and Bjergsen and Sven who could theoretically just carry series yeah i mean that's that's kind of where i land where if you can stabilize and you become a little bit better maybe you can take take some of these teams down but it, it just seems weird given the track record of, of summer for them and being able to do that um maybe as well as some of the champ pool changes uh like we're talking about this adtf and bjergsen was playing pretty selfless all things considered over the course at the end of the split uh, where he's trying to roam around a lot more, maybe just mm-hmm. give him some some hard carry active Kiana, champions like Akali, Akali Kiana, uh, some of these that he can hopefully just make his own plays a little bit more often. Maybe he can pick you up some some wins because he's good enough to. Yeah, and maybe some earlier focus for like mid and jungle roaming towards the bottom side because if we're looking at like strengths and weaknesses for the matchup, if if it's these two teams, mm-hmm. um, then that's that's one area where like Cloud Nine against CLG have like. Proven focusing on that is pretty important for the matchup. Um, and I do think, like, you know, Stixay and Bofrost versus Sven and Smoothie uh, is going to be a pretty pivotal one for the way that this mm-hmm. whole series goes. So I see how much the mid laner jungler duos get to affect bottom lane, you know, pretty early on. Well, and Wiggly has been hit or miss it feels like a little bit in in the playoffs sometimes it feels like he's a little bit slow starting in in a series um i Do feel you like think that, that ha- was a miss because it was against fence though but i i felt like it was i mean he had i, th- I think some hit or miss games versus clutch as well even okay. um you know so i think he might have that kind of like just takes a game or two to get to get into it so maybe that's something that Speaker will have some breathing room to get comfortable himself. Because otherwise, I would say, based off the regular season, Wiggly would be one of the biggest mismatches in this series where he should should dominate. Uh, and he has a good champion pool to do that mm-hmm. versus a, an inexperienced Speaker. 
Yeah, definitely the case. Uh, I, I mean, one of the things that I've been a, a little bit, uh, I don't know if I want to say disappointed or worried or whatever for CLG, is I, their bot lane I don't think did as well in playoffs as I was expecting. You know, mm-hmm. I, I thought they were going to have a pretty good advantage over everyone except, you know, the TL bot lane. Um, it felt like they weren't really a big standout in, in any of the series. Like Cody some Vulcan, I think, matched up fine. I think that pretty much everyone everyone that they played against felt like they matched up fine. And, and I don't know if this was more because it felt like CLG was moving away from kind of like a lot of the range support dominant type stuff. Uh, and, and maybe that's more just like an overall game plan or meta thing. They don't think that's working as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I, I was expecting CLG's bot lane to have more dominance through through Caitlyn Priority and through like, you know, the, like the Zyra and the, and the Morgana and all these sorts of picks. Um, so, I, like, I agree. I think that, you know, whose mid jungle is playing better and actually affecting that bottom lane seems to matter so much in this meta, especially, you know, in NA, it, it has been very bot lane centric, very dragon focused. Whoever has a winning bot lane often is getting the dragon. And, you know, especially like ever since they, they buffed it. So the first dragon you kill gives you a bigger <laughs> bonus of the stat. It has felt so important, yeah. you know, getting that first one. Everyone I talk to feels like the game is free win if you get early ocean. Um, you know, and that's like a really big deal. Obviously, that's somewhat hyperbolic. Yeah, they always but super it exaggerate feels so those good. things. Like but... it, it is very hyperbolic, right? But it, but it is it, it like it can shift lane matchups, right? And I do think it can be the be the thing that swings a game if you pick specifically for lane. Say you are play, playing that early game lane bully thing. Like if you're playing Jason and Poppy, mm-hmm. and the Poppy gets an ocean all of a sudden. Then you actually want to leave the game, right? Like, and I, and I get that frustration. Uh, yes, it doesn't actually decide the whole game, of course, but early dragon priority seems really important, especially uh, to your point, you know, with CLG, right? Like, they are the team mm-hmm. that took the most dragons. They win through objective taking. They had the least percentage of their kills in team fights, I think, of any team in playoffs. So, like, this is a team that wants to just kill towers, take dragons, take barons, and win the game, you know, without really fighting you. All right. Should we do final predictions for third representative then? Sure. I mean, we're gonna pick three, three down, three down the row. Yep. You got, <laughs> you got to roll the dice. Especially, I mean, you can Ooh, cheat it and okay. you can just say TSM, and then you have pretty good chances because <laughs> well, they got to the finals. In the finals, pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> if you want, but you can also. I think uh, you're just you're right or you're wrong for this one. There's no how close are you? <laughs> really? Yeah. Come on. I want to take the chance on clutch, and you get extra bonus points because they had to go so far. Right. You should have okay. to predict all three okay. series. Okay. Give me, let's hear your three then, Mark. Okay. Clutch. So here's the thing. He <laughs> <laughs> got one deep. Clutch. So here's the thing. Every time I'm the 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 clutch curse. Every, every time I try and predict them, they just oh. Even even going back all the way to 2018 when they were the line. As soon as I started believing in them a little bit. I doom them. Ah, right, so you're gonna throw in some superstition now. So I'm throwing your... some superstition mm. when I say CLG. <laughs> and now he's doing some wink. weird stuff. It's, it's not, really exactly twitch. That was a twitch. That was not a wink. That was like <laughs> CLG. Everybody, <laughs> it's that's some rapid fire. I don't Something know. fell in my eye in okay. the studio. CLG, <laughs> pretty dusty in here. And then okay. uh, CLG again. With another wink. <laughs> what? You don't have to do that with your mouth when you wink. By the way, <laughs> your mouth doesn't have to wink. I know. Yeah, but I'm exaggerating. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I, I think Clutch actually. Yeah. I'm gonna go with Clutch on the upset. I, I think. I think CLG. Has... I feel like we're all gonna say Clutch. Oh, are we? I thought you guys were leaning towards CLG. Uh, I don't know. Based off what? So. Uh oh. I will say CLG. Okay. okay. He's going CLG all the way, all the oh, way, so or just clutch, a... I'll go CLG, all the way. CLG. I'll go Clutch okay. CLG. CLG. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm going Clutch as well. I. I 
I just feel like they're so exciting. They are so exciting. And 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 you know, when we talked about uh the question that we got, you know, like who who do you think would have the best chance at worlds as a third seed? I still feel like it's clutch mm-hmm. because they are a team um that is very aggressive, that is gonna try some stuff. And when you're going in as the third seed, you need to kind of be willing to roll the dice. If you just play standard, you know, even if a team is slightly better than you, like if they're just playing standard, but you're just trying to play standard against SKT and teams of this caliber, uh-huh. it doesn't work. I actually want to change the TSM because it's going to piss so many people off. <laughs> so many people are so mad with their whole season that if they end up being the representative, I can already imagine just how funny it would be. Yeah, the revolt and people are just like, ah! Wait, I have to call. I have to call you out. You're going to predict the opposite on this or that. I'm waiting for it later too. today. But this wait, wait, which release is first? This has happened like four weeks yeah, in a row now. I, I say it when I do it on oh, this or that. It's not a call out. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, maybe the dive people don't know. You can't trust this man's predictions. You should watch this or that. He predicts both sides very much. Plugging other Riot products on Riot <laughs> products. Uh, um, That's so, the point. The thing about the uh, the clutch gaming thing though is they could also because as the third seed they're gonna have to play through the gauntlet. I also think or not the gauntlet the the playing play stage. Yeah. They're also more likely to bust her out. Yeah, I think, Than yeah. CLG. I would feel pretty confident with CLG just being able to control a lot of the playing teams and and get through them. Uh, you know, big risk, big reward, Mark. Yeah, but I but like come come group stage. I want the team picking Leona and going crazy with Kiana yeah. and yeah. Like I, I have much more. Clutch is actually just so fun to watch. Yeah, they're fun to watch, and just even as as you know, Zayla was saying about like the style of CLG just doesn't feel like they're gonna grind out Fun Plus or yeah. SKT I or just G2. Can't see it. You know, like it's just it's just not gonna happen. And uh, and Clutch is still a long shot for oh, that. Oh, for kind sure. Of I'm not saying, too, <laughs> but maybe they bring out the crazy stuff and they surprise them. Yeah, G2's dropped games to to you random stuff them. before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, you got some Twitter questions lined up for us, Azel? Uh, did you have anything else, Mark, before we get into Twitter questions? Uh, I just wanted to shout out the fact that I went into the Doublelift AMA and I mm. asked a question if they had a question for us in his AMA, and he didn't respond. So Doublelift and I guess I should include Smithy and Steve who were also there. Shame on you for not responding to my AMA question. <laughs> okay. All right, we got a, a couple Twitter questions here. I just got to pull them up. Um, all right, first one comes. If you had to draft NA's third seed from the four gauntlet teams, who would you choose? Oh yeah. So this is you can make the best team possible basically out of out of those uh, like this one. those ones. All right. And I copy pasted these in so I don't actually have the Twitter names. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, top lane. We gotta start top then. Viper, Broken Blade. It's between those two, right? Ooh. You're not Hooney. I don't think I'm on Hooney's train. I think Hooney's train. been been better lately. I'm actually in the. I'm Hooney. Ooh. I'm going Hooney. It's gonna do some interesting things to your champion select. Yeah. So that's, I I kind of want to see the rest of the team. Hooney, Wiggly, Bjergsen, and then the CLG's bot lane. There you go. It's that's that's my squad. Mm-hmm. What other jungler? Lyra's been pretty good. He actually played quite well in the CLG series. He hard stomped on that Gragas game. Mm-hmm. And he was okay in some of the other ones. I think it's a little. And he's to used to playing with Huni. Yeah, you're keeping Huni as your top laner. I think it depends what what you want out of your jungler, because because Lyra is kind of like the team dog, just kind of gets dragged to lanes constantly. While <laughs> <laughs> you raise your eyebrows, at that he has the highest jungle proximity <laughs> in the league. He gets he has to camp for his, his lanes. Um, I, yeah, I think I think Cody Sun. 
I actually, yeah, I think I, that I would might, take. I would take. Steve I think Clutch's I might change the bottom sure. lane him. I, I would take actually. I don't know if we can like break synergies. How much you're valuing the bottom lanes that play together? But I might do Cody Sun and Biofrost. Yeah, that I guess if I, I if I remove like the stigma behind breaking bottom lanes that play together, yeah, I think that's what I. Choose. Cody's been really good. I, I think it. I think it's definitely fair. Yeah, yeah. I would like Cody. I take Biofrost for sure. Viper feels a little too unproven. He feels sometimes like he just doesn't get it done. <laughs> so I guess I would go. You're gonna keep Huni, or are you gonna do? Uh, I don't want Broken Blade. Does, does, does Huni and Bjergsen make sense together? Does it? Doesn't feel like it does, right? They feel like polar opposites. I'm gonna do Huni also. It's only down to Mark. Yeah. What's gonna be? If I'm if I don't believe Throw him. Throw Broken Blade in there. No, I'm doing Viper. Oh Viper, okay. Get get the get the young guy some world experience. Even if this team flames out, at least at least Viper's been to world then. There you go. The young, Mark's the, young for the, hope. the greater good for, for all of NA, training up Viper and some yeah. international yeah. experience. All Viper, right. Wiggly, Bjergsen, Cody, and Vulcan. All right, next. Cool. All right, last question here. Uh, it says, with Doublelift and Sunscarian winning last two summer MVPs, oh. uh, you know, did... <laughs> I know where this is going. Did TSM make the wrong choice to build around yes. Bjergsen? They most certainly made the wrong decision um, booting... And we talked about this at the time, and it was much more controversial at the time, but booting, uh, like breaking up the Doublelift uh, and even Doublelift plus Biofrost lane Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that was at the greatest, um, you know, era for TSM. But then you're, the, I guess the tweet is more centered around with the recent success of Sven Skarin and Doublelift. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, those are two extremely good players that TSM uh, got rid of in their plan to find more success at international competition through the strategic mind of Sven and Mithy. Uh, mostly Mithy for the shot calling and the international experience trying to change around for that so they could have different results at Worlds. Um, but the biggest mistake in giving up, you know, double lift, and even now Sven Skarin, uh, it took a little bit longer to see, you know, him peak as well and, and become this big force for NA, but is you're giving one of the your greatest strengths to a competitor. Yeah. Like, you're not only, okay, you're changing out parts for your team, um, but giving that strength of an NA player, which doesn't even take an import slot, to one of your competitors, and to Steve, who's willing to build, uh, you know, a giant uh, team around it, uh, just is so dangerous. And obviously, in hindsight, has been yeah. for sure the wrong decision. Hindsight twenty twenty, obviously. Um, so I, I don't even think it's like interesting. It's like, yeah, <laughs> of course you yeah. don't want to miss worlds. It's and- kind of interesting how it. How you know the decision tree? Because you can, I could see at the time, like Reggie was so frustrated with their continued failure at Worlds over and over. Well, and to be fair to Double Lift's career at that point, he'd never gotten out of groups. Yeah, you know, but it, they dominated NA and they took that for granted. Yeah, they, they took that for yeah, granted, I but I, I don't, I, I that, agree. That's what they overlooked, right? I mean, they're Icarus, this they, was, they this tried was, to fly too close to was, the sun. It was 10, <laughs> 10 finals in a row, yeah, and, and, like, and it's like, of course, we're gonna do that. Why wouldn't we do we're that? We're TSM, we always do yeah. that. Well, guess what? Not anymore, right? And and that that I think is is the tough part. Um, everyone is going to agree that 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 was a bad move, right? Getting getting rid of the the team now, it's so clearly a bad move. It's probably 
has to be the worst trade slash roster move in, in any, the history, in history of trade deal. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you're, I knew someone's gonna go there. Yeah, I was waiting yeah, for it. Um, trade deal. But but in in North America, right? That has to be the worst one ever, for sure. I think like it, when you look at best team by yeah. far, not even close to where they are now. Um, but you know, Ooh. specifically about the question. Go ahead. Can I have an interjection? Sure. Um, the hundred thieves one. Getting rid of Medios and Cody Sun. No, they were. They it, were. I'm, I know. I know. Yeah. But I'm just. I just started me thinking about other like big NA spoofs, and I'm like, technically, that was a bigger fall fall in placements. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I'm not saying that's a bigger mistake or anything, yeah. but that technically is a bigger fall. Just in to keep derailing Dale's uh, <laughs> point here, I would argue it actually is worse because they had no good plan to back it up. They just started removing pieces. With no backup plan. At least you got Sven and Mithy TSM, and you brought in people. Mike Young was weird. But at least you had a good most of the rest of the plan. 100 Thieves was just like, goodbye, Medios. Goodbye, Cody Sun. <laughs> well, I mean, clearly they thought that their backups were going to do just as well. Yeah, but... Right? Ando and everything was supposed to do just as well. It just didn't work. All right, um, you may continue, <laughs> all right, sir. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the, so, like, the question specifically is, did they make the wrong choice to build around Bjergsen, right? And that is, that is hard for yeah. me to say, because I think... Like Bjergsen is getting targeted a lot now as like, oh well, he's the, he's the common thread, he's the problem. I don't think that you can say that this is Bjergsen's fault. Like, I don't know that Bjergsen is the one who's like, yep, kick double lift and biofrost, give me these guys, right? Um, and, and so like, I don't think that you can say that TSM made the wrong choice to build around Bjergsen. I think they made the wrong roster moves, but keeping Bjergsen, I don't think is like somehow now the wrong move, right? Yeah, he's he's like. He's so damn good. I think the wrong move was breaking up such a successful roster instead of, you know, trying to build upon what they had. You know, and, and looking at Sven Skarin, I don't know that Sven Skarin ever would have had the same, like... No way. Like, you right, know, yeah. Like, he, he he did have incredible moments on TSM, certainly, but I feel like he has been unleashed on C9 in a way that he never was on TSM because the play style is very different. And I think a lot a lot of that comes from from Reaper and, and, like, their team just looks very different. And I think that fits Sven Skarin really, really well. I feel like every jungler looks so different before they're on TSM, and then now even a lot of them after mm-hmm. on TSM, which is the crazy thing that we always come back to with this team. Yeah. And then the question of like... And this is where the Bjergsen hate stems from. What goes team. on inside this you know, nebulous well, space? I think um, even when, when he moved to C9, even in the first split before, I think there was really any like significant success. He was mm-hmm. saying he was enjoying being on C9 more and that the the team atmosphere was better. I think there were some interviews around, mm-hmm. like almost immediately around that idea. Um, and I, I don't think that that's, you know, I think that is a big part of it because TSM has always kind of felt like the evil empire of like, you know, <laughs> no emotion, we're the best team. Uh-huh. And, you know, when you watch TSM Legends, in the practice room, there's there's not much personality. Um, and in scrim and vod review, you don't you don't quite feel that the way you do with some other teams. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that's part of it. It's just like it's a hypercritical, super serious work environment that probably has a negative drain on some people. That's how it always kind of came across. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you go to C9, which is kind of the opposite. You know, I, I still think they take it seriously, but you can feel like how much less serious it is, even in serious moments it feels like it's not the end of the world. And so, like, that probably helped him, you know, not to pin it all, like, just on the beer and thing. The entire team environment seems that And way. for sure, jungle is the most heavily scrutinized position yep. because there are so many more choices that you have to make as a jungler throughout the game than as yep. a laner. So there's literally, there's just more material for them to go over and scrutinize. Why are you top here? 
can't ask that really at any other lane. Yeah. Unless it's like a whole top laner's like, I'm this top lane. <laughs> bot lane's like, we called for a lane swap. You know, yeah. it's like a whole team decision. The only only the jungler can be like horribly out of position. Yeah. And of course, people are always looking for that. And it's the most um, like opinion based. Um, there is there. It's so hard, and this kind of goes back to like flawless jungle gameplay. It's so hard to prove why you think you know X choice was the perfect play for the jungler. There is very often a very good argument for a completely different play for the jungler to make as being possibly equally or even you know a, a better play. Whereas for, for laners, it's it's so much more strict. This is a really anecdotal story, but in like 2016 Worlds, I was like doing a, a thing about Peanut's jungle decision making. Mm. And it was the weirdest decision I've ever seen where like literally no, no information, no wards. Laners didn't, you know, leak it somehow by coming out of the top jungle with some mana missing or anything. Someone invaded his red when he started blue side and just he knew it and like he pathed the way to not only get the red but then to fight the guy uh somewhere else I forget, I forget exactly what the path was but it was like literally nothing to go off of but he just felt like this is what the guy was going to do and yeah. like a, a bunch of us sat in a room and tried to figure out what he was doing and no one could figure like no one had any clue i uh sometimes that's just habits from scrims right you right watch, not watch even them. scrims even solo queue yeah. i constantly watch uh peanuts solo queue games um in 2015 and 16 because um, I, I just loved him as a jungler. And eight times out of ten, he invades after one Won buff. Fight. You know, he's playing Nidalee, yeah. he's playing Lee Sin and but, stuff like but this. But it was, it, was, it was reactive somehow. Like, yeah. you could just tell that, like, I don't know how to put it. It was just, like, the guy, the other guy was the one moving first. He could on the feel map. it in the air. Yeah. yeah it's I just mean, like some, and sometimes junglers, like, I, when I worked with Dom, he would say that all the time. He's just like, I just thought he would. Yeah. For no reason. I just felt like that's what I would do in his situation. So that's what I assumed he was doing. And you had... No basis other than that's what I thought he would do. The point of this whole discussion yeah. is that um, there seems to be, you know, something different in that environment. And and jungling is a much more, like, creative role that I think me and Mark both agree with the point that, like, that probably doesn't foster Sven Skaren in the same way if he doesn't make the team change. It's an art, not a science. There you go. Yeah. All right, that'll do it for us on this episode <laughs> of The Dive. The Gauntlet is going to be going live. Clutch versus FlyQuest, 12 p.m. PST. That is noon on Friday. You guys not, not going to want to miss it. And then, of course, subsequent matches will be happening Saturday and Sunday. See you all there.